Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. All right, welcome to episode 351 with one of my favorite artists, Jillian Jacqueline, meaning my favorite, like I listen to her music when I just get to pick my own music to listen to, meaning if it's me time, I listen to Jillian. Uh, for example, when I talk about Jillian's songs, this is an older one. It's called Reasons. We've got all our reasons why we try to justify. This is uh, older stuff from Jillian. I should say this too, that I took Jillian on tour with me for a long time. And years ago, but I was such a big fan. She came out and opened a bunch of my comedy shows, and they weren't married at the time. I think they were just dating, but her husband now was her guitar player. And she's awesome. She's awesome. He's awesome. And they came to my wedding. Like, that's how much I really enjoy and, and uh, really respect Jillian. Uh, so, her debut album, Honestly, is out now. Just a couple things we've talked about and featured on the show. Uh, Bandwagon is the current single, and we've played it on the Women of Our Country, the big weekend show. Here you go. Go ahead and get on this one. It's almost gone. Hey, don't get left behind. Those 15 minutes fly. So, that is her new single. Uh, on the new record. And here is Better With a Broken Heart with T.J. Osborne. They've came in and played on the show before. Jillian O'Brien just had a kid, little son named Rockwell, pretty awesome. This is her debut album, and I'll talk about in a minute how crazy to me that it's her debut album because I've just been listening to her music for such a long time. But we get pretty deep here. I mean, it's cool to have a friend in because you can kind of go a lot of places without having to feel it out. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, definitely a different dynamic. Yeah, like if it's somebody that I really that I know know, I don't have to uh, wade in and be like, I don't know, do they like it? If I don't, back out. Just go you know? right into it. Just go right into it. And she's such an interesting person and artist. And maybe this is your introduction to her. So Jillian Jacqueline, enjoy this and go support her music. Go stream her music if you like it. Uh, thank you guys. It is the Bobbycast and here we go. 
I walked into a conversation about the beach, which I hate, I hate the beach. So I don't know what the conversation was about the beach. I don't hate the beach. I just don't like being at the beach. I guess that's the difference. Because I don't hate that the beach exists. I don't care. Like, I don't see a, the beach in a picture and go, ah, get your beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I hope you burn down, beach. Uh-uh. You don't enjoy being on the beach. I don't see the point. Do you but, not love the ocean? No. What, what? Oh, gosh. I, I understand love the, the ocean. Po- I understand the point of the ocean, but I don't understand the point. For me, I don't understand the point of being on a beach. I don't like anything about it. I understand okay. why my wife likes it. She likes to go and lay on a beach and just relax yeah. and let water spl- and hear the water and she doesn't get in the water sometimes. I'm like, why does it, why do we have to be near water if you're not going to get in it? It's like going for a boat ride and not jumping in the water. Oh yeah, I have to go in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the beach is I'm hot. Yep, there's sand everywhere. I don't drink, and I think if I drank a little bit, that yeah. probably help. That helps, but you have to make sure you have a cooler with ice so that the drinks are cold. But I don't. But I don't drink. If I were able to drink, I think I would enjoy, I'd enjoy everything more if I drank. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you have to come prepared. You Conv- have to- convince me in, in 30 seconds why I should like the beach. Oh, my God. There's nothing more, to me, there's nothing more cleansing and joyful than swimming in the ocean. I literally feel like my happiest version of myself when I'm swimming in the ocean. Where, where'd you grow up? Pennsylvania. So you had the ocean near? No. But you could drive to it in three hours, right? Sure. Okay. That's, yeah, that's I, I spent enough. a lot of time at the ocean. My, my, we used to my go point. to like go Cape Cod and Nantucket and stuff. Yeah. That's my point. Yes, I grew up doing that. And I you- never saw the ocean until I was 20, 21, and now I happen to drive by it. Wow. I'm from Arkansas. We're extremely landlocked. Yeah, and that makes sense. didn't get to leave the state much. And so once I thought it was pretty cool when I saw it. I was like, wow, it's so big. And then the first time I got in it, I was like 24 or so, and I was like, this tastes like crap. <laughs> so not only... Does it taste bad? And oh listen, I'm not a He's ha- drinking the ocean water. <laughs> He's taking big gulps of the salty. My salty only ocean water. point is I think your association with the feeling of the beach is that feeling of uh, being a kid. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm also a Pisces and I just love the water. So, but see, I also believe, and uh, pardon this, that astrology is complete gibberish. You can think and, that. Yeah, right. And, uh, right. And, and, yeah, my husband thinks that. And I like it for why it exists. Yeah. I think it can be fun. I think it can uh, lead to self-discovery and sure. ways of going, oh, you know, what? I agree with, I am like this or I'm not. Yeah. But as far as like basing it on anything scientific whatsoever, there is none. I know. You should talk to my three sisters because they're all like so hardcore astrology. And I'm actually the one that's more like you. But there are certain things where like all my Pisces friends, we do have, we do have these similarities. I like it because I think if it makes you a better person or a happier person or gives you an interest, that's great. So I, I, yeah. I for so astrology for what I feel it is great. Yeah. For people who feel like it's a science and it's absolutely, be- you know, I'm like, I don't know that no. that's accurate. No, because that wouldn't make sense. Everybody born on my birthday mm-hmm. is not like me. No. In a little bit, it's like uh, when John Edwards, the psychic would be like, all right, I, uh, I'm talking to somebody from your past. There's a, I don't know, there's like an ant with a vow. And I was like, well, I got an ant with a vowel. This is crazy. <laughs> I feel like, like that, yeah. a little bit it could be that. But you're allowed yeah. to associate your own feelings and emotions with whatever is said. Yeah. All that to say that I think the beach for a lot of folks is some sort of uh, a, a flashback to a, a better, easier, less stressful childhood time. Same thing with music, I guess. Yeah. And that's the point I was going to get to here. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
but so I hate the beach. We'll end on that. I'm not a beach guy. <laughs> I'm going. We're going to the beach, oh, and nice. I'll go and sit. But I I end up laying there with. I'll put music on or podcast. My phone ends up overheating, and that sucks. Or my headphones get hot, and I have sand, and I can't swim in it because I don't even like swimming in a pool. I'll be honest with you. Why well, just sit in a body of water for the sake of being in a body of water? Body of water. No. A normal. Oh, Bobby, we well, gotta agree to disagree on this one. Oh, I don't even. Do, no, 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 no. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I un, I'm not even arguing. Yeah, your that wife I'm right. loves the water. Absolutely, I'm not arguing that I'm right. Yeah. I just don't, I don't even like a pool. Okay, well that's weird. My wife will lay outside of a pool, and she will read a book, and be, I'll be like, "You can read the same book in the air condition in the house with it, oh instead of out in the heat, because you wouldn't just go stand in the heat for and walk around and read the book." But why being in proximity? Do you not near enjoy water? the feeling of feeling like weightless, like when you're floating? Yeah, like, with with great Wi-Fi. Oh, you mean in the water? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, no. Oh, okay. I really like that feeling. I've, you know, my association with water is boats and fishing and lakes, and swimming was pretty fun. But but swim, but I like to do. I like to have yeah. activities. I see. I don't like that. I don't like boats. I don't like um, all those like parties that people do, like on yachts. And oh, stuff. I don't like that. I either. hate that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've never done it, but because you're it. not in the water. I'm jealous of all the rich people, so I hate it. Yes. <laughs> well, you can do it now. Yeah, but I um, maybe I'm, you should get a boat. Or do you have a boat? No. Oh, okay. Uh, we've talked about getting a boat. My wife's like, we should get a boat, <laughs> but she's so balanced and normal. Yeah. And I'm like, why do we need a boat? Yeah. We can. So all of that to say we have these thoughts about our, our, our childhoods that, that allow us to enjoy things still today. And, you know, even musically, you know, I was, uh, I was listening to like a classic rock station yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And classic rock now is weird because some of the songs that I grew up on are now played on classic rock, which is stupid. And they should never allow that. They shouldn't play Radiohead and Nirvana on classic rock. That's actually crazy. Oh, I thought you were going to say like, Journey, but you no. You think I grew up on Journey, Journey? I didn't think you were that old, but <laughs> hey, I listened to Journey in high school. So did I, but yeah. again, I wouldn't be upset at Classic Rock for playing Journey. That's, sure, that's okay, but you mean like Radiohead and Nirvana, that's crazy. Chili that's peppers. not Classic Rock, no. But I'm listening to it. Is Third it. Eye Blind Classic it Rock? It is about, yes, if that's it's not. not okay. Because it's defined by a year and an yeah, age. Yeah, no, that makes me feel very old. And I'm yeah. listening, and yesterday we were driving to dinner, and it, this is all you're going to see come full circle, and you're going to be blown away at how uh, just poignant I am and uh, an amazing interviewer. <laughs> and so we're driving to dinner, what is on? Hey, man, nice shot. Uh, so, hey, man, nice shot is on from like the late 90s. And Caitlin's like, this is, a, I don't really like this. Pretty aggressive. And she goes, and for you, that's pretty aggressive because I don't listen to anything aggressive now. Yeah. I like singer-songwriter stuff. Yeah. I like I like McKinney Chesney slow. I like I like a vibe. What you like for the beach, I guess I like my slow music, right? Music. Yeah, right and she, I was like, you know, I guess because I liked it when I was a kid. Like, I'm still into this. Mm-hmm. I'm still into... And then a song followed it on a rock station that was a new song, but it sounded very similar. And I was like, you know, I don't actually mind this either. So here I am still enjoying something that I liked as a kid mm-hmm. that I don't really think I enjoy anymore, but because I have this association with it, I'm like, I just kind of feel comfortable in it. Yeah, you can like compartmentalize and go back to that version of yourself. And I didn't know I really could until yeah. yesterday when this is happening. Yeah, that, that's really strange and makes a lot of sense. I feel that way too. I think if I listened to All American Rejects right now, I wouldn't hate it, and I should technically because... I don't listen to that kind of music anymore, but that was the first like pop rock band that I got into. And it's just nostalgic. It's like something in your body is like responding emotionally. There's a book that I've referenced a few times that I read many years ago called I'm Okay, You're Okay. And it's uh, basically a book about uh, the psyche and feelings and emotions and um, 
the most scientific book on emotions that I've ever found, which cool. tough because it's it's emotion. It's not really data driven. Yeah. We all feel for different reasons. And they talk about certain songs when you hear them. If you've heard it so many times, for a you know brief, it's not even a second, for a brief uh, micro period of time in your brain, your brain releases the same exact chemical that it released when you heard and enjoyed it when you were a wow. child. So, and it can be music or it can be a smell. But is that's, it the serotonin thing? Um, I, something I, else. I, I think it was something that I'd never heard of before oh. that is probably related to okay. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, but it was these smells or these sounds that we hear for, and that's why it feels. And you just said nostalgia. Yeah. That's what a lot of nostalgia is, where you're like, oh, I feel this again. But it's really because you are. You're for a split second, you're reliving that. That, yeah. that feeling and that emotion. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Having a baby um, feels sometimes like constant deja vu because I'm experiencing joy through what he's experiencing. And I'm like, whoa, why do I feel like I've done this before? Oh, because I was him once and I felt so excited about bath time. You know what I mean? So you, that's interesting. I've it's, never heard it uh, position like you actually think you can remember the those feeling. feelings of being a, a young, I won't say baby, but a young, young kid. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when we're outside and he's looking up at the trees and I get this rush of like in my body, it's like joy. It's like fulfillment. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm feeling what he's feeling like it's the first time. That's interesting. It's amazing. That you can – because I'm sure our brains have all that stored. We just can't access it. I'm sure what they have they have a month in stored, right? Do you remember your first memory as a human? Well, I think it'd be it, – I think you have to remember your first memory just by the, you, this, well, that sentence. Okay, means, do you remember your first moment in life? Like, yeah, can you? Here's what I remember. Okay. I remember, like, it was, this, just bear with me. Uh, it was pretty dark where I was. It was pretty dark. Okay. And then all of a sudden, it was like somebody had opened a door or something. And then I remember moving. And then all of a sudden, I looked up, and then the doctor's head was there, and I was coming out of okay. my mom's vagina. Oh, what? my God. Bobby. <laughs> what? My, no, I don't remember. My first memory is at like five, four or five years old. I don't remember. You really got me there. I was like, where's he going to go? I have, you know, I have. You know, there's people that claim they do remember their I birth. I know. I have idiot friends who think that. Do you really think that's impossible though? I, th- no, I don't think it's impossible. I have no way to know if they actually do. We have no idea. I think we it have could no- be possible. Me too. I Someone just pr- told me that there was a baby born with all of its teeth. Anything is possible. Uh, I see fish born with teeth sometimes, but I, I agree in that if I can't prove it's impossible, that I can't believe it's impossible. Correct. Yeah. So, but my friends are idiots who say this. Okay. And so, based on their other actions, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, your track record does not lend itself to you making any sense. Have yeah. you stuck your kid in the ocean yet? Yeah. I got to tell you, it was um, such a lesson in expectations. Like I said, I love the water, I love the ocean. And when we put Rockwell's feet down in the sand right at the, as the tide was coming in, he started screaming. And wanted to be picked up. And I, there was like this part of me as a mom where I was like, no, you like it. You like it. You're, you're supposed to like the ocean. And Brian was like, no, he's really not into it. And my heart kind of sank. I was like, oh, no, my kid doesn't like the ocean. Well, he gets to be kind of like your husband, too, you know. Who of course. Who, who probably doesn't like of the course. ocean. Yeah. Yes, I think the Brian was coming through. But it was such a lesson for me. And like, this has nothing to do with you. This is his experience, his mm-hmm. life. Let him be his own person. And he probably will grow to love the ocean. And if he doesn't, that's okay too. But I was like kind of disappointed because I wanted his first moments to be like this sweet, blissful, like, oh, he's splashing in the waves. No, that was not it at all. Which leads me to track one, The Ocean, featuring, featuring Charlie Warsham. Here you go. Yeah. Some love's 
more of a metaphor type thing, but still, yeah, you know, you get it. Uh, Charlie's wonderful. He's so wonderful. Charlie's yeah. wonderful. Um, and so you wrote this with uh, Topher and Hillary Lindsay, mm-hmm. which is a pretty strong room right there. Yeah. Uh, track ones are always interesting to me on why they, and again, albums are uh, becoming, I'm going to separate albums from bodies of work, two different things in my mind. Okay. So don't 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 hate me when I say yeah. uh, uh, bodies of work can be three songs, seven songs. It can be, it can be an album. Mm-hmm. Albums are losing importance to bodies of work based on consumption and um, the ADD of our culture. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So this question I probably won't even ask it in two years because of how uh, music is kind of moving along. But track one, like why? What? What about this song? Was it? The tempo of the song, the message of the song, because track one's a big decision because it's up there first. Mm-hmm. Why the ocean? First of all, it makes me so sad that you're not going to be asking this question in two years because I, I think, think albums are going to survive. I don't. Here's what I think. Yes, in a way. I think concept albums will survive. Yeah. I don't think 13 songs as a body of work matters because what's happening is, and I speak from this as someone who loves music, mm. you love music, mm-hmm. I don't have time to listen to 13 songs enough times to know if I really like them or not. Oh, God. So songs get lost in the mix. Because there's something else great that well, I want. Well, that's your, okay, so that's your opinion on why. But there's also, there's still something to be said for the creation of albums. I think they're still important. Even if you have to piecemeal it and say, okay, I'll listen to these six songs okay, and but these that's, six songs. Uh, great, that's great. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about no, here. No, that's not what we're talking about. But, but uh, an album to and me I is I'm putting out thir- No, yeah, I don't need to argue against it. I mean. You should, I like it. You're there, right. If you put out 13 songs at once and just present it as an album and go, this is my new album, I believe there are probably, and I'll do your album, you have 11 on yours. Um, 11? Yeah. I believe that people, if they're just discovering you, I don't think, let's say, um, a song that I think has been out for a while, Magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe if they never heard it, maybe, because Magic is such a lovely, lovely song, if they don't listen to it twice, they don't really understand how great of a song that is because they didn't have enough time because there was so much to get through. Yeah. That's so, a, well, that's just a whole bigger conversation that's what about I said, our the col- collective absolutely. Our culture. Uh, yeah. So I'll track one. Uh, track one. So Why the ocean. This? Um, well, this was um, the only song on the record that actually the concept came to me like in a not a dream, but I was like half asleep, and I was like, oh my god, I have to write this song. So we wrote this song. I brought it into Hillary because I always try to come in with something really solid with her because you know she writes really fast and. You can, it's just, she's very powerful. So we came in, we wrote it for, you know, it took like an hour. And, um, you wrote the song in an hour, really? I, I would think that's so. Su- that's super quick. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the chorus fell out and then the verses were very autobiographical. And, you know, she's very confident and she'll just say, yeah, that's it. That sounds great. Like, let's move forward. And so I was very trusting of kind of her instincts and, and Topher, you know, is just so great too. So anyway, when it came to the track list, I, was just thinking of every song intro and then outro into the next song. And I like records that start with a really powerful moment. And I love the intro to the ocean. And it feels like this wave kind of leading in. And also there's this overarching um, sort of optimism um, and and sort of a, a bridge to me between like where I was. You know, I'm talking about my past. And then I'm also talking about finding my future. And that really sums up a lot of what honestly represents so it just felt felt right message based for song one you yeah. like the the message the feel the vibe yeah as opposed per- to just like the like like tempo tempo like you wanted good. a good pump up i wasn't thinking about that at all no yeah. well, I, was, I didn't think you did <laughs> yeah. i don't know that that's ever 
you know, no. with, with your music, I don't know, it's like, all right, 120 BPM, let's get something no, on. No, I mean, like, <laughs> if you've yeah. listened to my record, you know that it's it's not like one slow, one fast, one slow, one fast. Right. It's actually a very, um, there's a lot of mellow kind of, you know, just, I don't know, vibey moments on the record. You know what's interesting to me that I didn't realize until I was just, I guess, looking at some notes about the album is because I've, just, I've been a fan, obviously, of your music for a long time, is that, and I could be wrong, but is this your first, like, full album first? Yeah. Really? Yeah, really. I was shocked by that and I thought it was a typo because I guess I've just spent so much time with your music mm. that I thought, I've listened to a lot of her music. Surely there's an album, but it also shows me how, I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> yeah. How I don't think I lost anything because you didn't put out an album. I just needed music from you all the time. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. That's a compliment. None by of the that way. was intentional. Yeah, uh, it was all kind of it happened by mistake, and it was um, a very messy. I felt very frustrated a lot of the time about how things didn't go, mm-hmm. um, because side A and side B were supposed to be a full album, and I felt in my heart and my remembering they're albums to me. Oh, okay, yeah. And I don't mean they're six that- song albums. Yeah. I don't mean that in like, why weren't they albums or what happened? I mean, again, I'm just going from how I think and feel about what I've listened to and why I think albums as 11, 12, 13 unit uh, entities aren't as important to be that long anymore. Maybe that's what I should say. Maybe maybe I shouldn't say albums are becoming less important. I don't think they need to be that long anymore. So you could do a six-song album and not call it an EP. Who well, cares? Well, here's my question for you. Because digital, there's no EP on digital. There's no such thing. Right. Is it does it have to do maybe with the uh, how saturated how many people are putting music out? Part because, of it, sure. Because if there were people like if you had all of these Joni Mitchell types or John Mayer even like people that make records because they it's an entire experience. If that was all you were listening to, you'd probably want the album. I love the argument you just made. I'm going to tell you when you there's a couple words you just said, and I was like, well. I just won this one. Sometimes it's like whenever I, it rarely happens with my wife because she's way smarter than me and it sucks. I'm not used to this. But every once in a while, <clears> she'll float something out there and I'm like, oh, I'm about to win this argument. I cannot believe it. Oh, well. So, so. <laughs> I love that you use the word winner in marriage. Good luck. I know. She says that too. <laughs> I know. I got a lot of work to do. Um, John Mayer has also started to put it out in waves in three songs uh, at a time. Yeah, he all has. The time. I know. Yeah. And, and I do enjoy it all together, but I like to spend time. I go, have go no. Ahead. I'm not. This- I don't have an issue with people feeding songs out, you know, periodically mm-hmm. until the record comes. But I do think that if it's leading up to an album, I'm I'm so much more excited about that mm-hmm. because I think you took the time to tell me something in a. It's an art form. There's something here that it all goes together, and it's it's a collaborative meeting of like all of your inspirations and it's important. Nobody's disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Either. Okay. My only disagreement is if you go here's 13 new songs. Oh, God, no. Yes, because, because I agree nobody, with that. Because nobody has time. And, and you know, the <laughs> yeah. old album format is it yeah. was on a CD and you couldn't get it early. Right. Or a single. And so when people are like, oh, I'm a big album person, I hear them going, this is, I'm going to put out a couple songs and here's the rest of the 14 songs. And I'm like, man, you have so much good work that I hate to say this to you, but people aren't going to spend enough time with it because it's too much at one time. Do you think that I should have put out more songs before I put out the whole yeah. record? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. We put out... What, four? Yeah. Okay, so we should have put out like seven. What do I know? I just know that I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> yeah. And even now, as I've listened through the album on my own, even before this, but even again because of this, I probably haven't spent enough time with some of the songs because, okay, well, I love Ben Rector's album. Well, I love Brett Eldridge's album. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, Brett's one of my best friends. I'm like, Dad, give me a couple more before you put, that, put out the whole thing. Yeah. That's only, that's only me, but I think that's just the general culture. We just... 
can't take a whole lot at once. It's like too big of an awesome meal. Yeah, I've been saying I've been saying this a lot. Um, <clears throat> this thought of like, where do we go from here? We're going so fast and so forward, and I just keep thinking, when are we going to hit the wall? I'm gonna like, tell you, only I only want ten seconds of a song. All the, I just want ten more seconds of a song every day. Give me ten more seconds, and then what? We just internally combust. Um, yeah. No, I think you are swaying. I mean, you're making a very good argument. I'm not right. I'm there only... are artists that I love mm-hmm. who have albums out right now. Their albums have been out for six months, and I love them. And I'm like, I'm a fan. I'd buy their ticket, and still, I don't know what track number seven is. And that's your it. That's your point, and I understand that. And yeah. if they probably put out two or three songs at a time, I bet you would listen and invest in those two or three songs because it doesn't feel like too much of a commitment. It's yeah. e- My point is albums as a full package once fully released are dead but i need them in increments mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. only me um and then i need because i want to spend time with my favorite music and really get to know the songs and i don't and i think i i am what a lot of uh consumption is um i don't give enough time to things in every pair of Tacova's boots you can expect handmade quality first wear comfort and timeless western style a great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. This raises a really good question about how much the artist pays attention to the audience. Because if an artist is making a record, they are probably 
you know, in today's world, most of the kids on TikTok, that's all they think about is what does my audience want? What song should I write that they're going to use that 30 second clip and put their own video to it? Um, I am constantly at, I'm resisting and I'm in at war with this whole concept. It's very hard for me to wrestle with the idea of like, I should just do what feels right to me instinctively as a human, as an artist, as a creator. But then there's also this whole other, you know, argument for paying attention to what people want and kind of adapting to that. And Well, I don't think I, you're adapting your message or your content or your integrity. I think you're adapting. Yeah, how, but a lot of your integrity feels like. Well, you're, you still have the same message. You can put out every one of these songs, you know, three at a time, four, mm-hmm. even two at a time. Well, for, this bleeds out into so much more, though. There's social media. There's content. There's how you promote the songs. I mean, it's not just it doesn't stop it. Like, yeah, g- give them a stops. song at a time. It's like, no, no, no. You got to have a visual for every song. You have yeah. to have a dance that goes with it. You have to give, also give teach them how to make it. I didn't see any of your dances. Over I don't. Here. But okay, good. You have to have a <laughs> cocktail that also matches every single song. I mean, it's like this whole thing. It doesn't stop. That's what I'm saying. And it never will. And there is no end. And are you are you okay with that? Like you feel I have no choice. So yes, I have no choice. I but can't. isn't there something to be said for the people that resist the wave? No, like, they, they we do. don't need those people at all. We do. We need every kind of person. Yeah. But it, at you as an artist, what you were saying a second ago is, you know, I don't want to uh, change how I feel or question. Um, but do you want your message, your true message, to get to the most people? I guess that's what I want to know. Of course, of course, or, yeah. Okay, and if so, it's that walking that high wire of, man, I need to do what will get to the most people in the way that matches most with how I want to present it. And it yeah. is, and, and it's, yeah. it's never, you're never right. There's not a right answer. Yeah. And that mine's not about a message or your integrity as an artist. It's just about delivery and consumption. And I have friends that are like, I'm only going to put out 12 song albums. And I respect that. Mm. And I say, that's great because you know the maze you want to walk people down, but you're going to walk far fewer people down it. Totally. Yeah. Well, and they, a lot of your friends probably have the luxury of people waiting for that album, you know, <laughs> the friends you're talking about. I guess. It's probably like a million people are waiting for that 12 song but album. But even then, know? not anymore. Not as much anymore. Really? So, yeah. I think we're, we're, everybody's changing, man. It's crazy. And am I okay with it? No, I don't like it. But you have to be okay with it because if you're not okay with it, you're, you're arguing with the clouds. Wait, you can't win that. I spent a lot of time doing that. I know. <laughs> you know Does that show? Maybe that's why it took me three years to get this album out. Yeah. Why? Why uh, three years? Um, well, you know, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you mm. heard. I um, have heard. No. But I wonder, did you hold off? Yeah. Or did you? Or were you not able to? Because there's a difference. There's both. Yeah. It was both. Yeah. It was. I wasn't ready. Two thousand. The end of two thousand nineteen. The music wasn't ready. Uh, it was just had just started being kind of formed, and then. Uh, March 2020, everything shut down. Um, I put out Wait for the Light, which you so kindly supported. And um, and we kind of just used that time where there was so much uncertainty to really hone in on what the record needed to be. And then, um, and then partner, we had to find a partner. You know, I didn't want to put it out fully independently because I really wanted, like you said, I wanted it to reach as many people as it could. So um, we spent a few months kind of meeting with people and then Virgin came along and it just felt great and and then brought us to now i'd like to say for those that are listening here i think jillian and i are having this very healthy conversation where we don't have to exactly agree on everything and i can have this with you because i admire respect and am friends so we can kind of do this yeah and it be wonderful it, it's very fun yeah because i massively respect you and i think that you have such a handle on um 
our culture and like what what motivates people and also um you're really good at sniffing out intentions when people do things. I think you're very perceptive in like what someone's intention is when they're doing something. So um, every time you say something, I always take it to heart. I don't. Okay, here, here's the next <laughs> one. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to play some of these tracks that I really, that to me, for one reason or another, hit me in a different way. Okay. Um, and so the song with TJ Osborne, which you played on my show, God dang, man, mm-hmm. it's just it's just the best. Thanks. It's just the best. So here's Better With A Broken Heart. Like me on the Wonderful melody. Mm, thanks. It uh, TJ such a great addition to that song. Yeah. Just I, I love the song. What's funny is I don't actually, and I I was drawn to that song. I don't actually feel that anymore about me personally. But that was my jam forever. Meaning that um, that feeling. Uh, that yeah. Uh, yeah. it sucks. Everything sucks. So I need music that sucks to go with my sucks. Yeah, totally. And so when I hear this, it reminds me of that in the most wonderful way. In that you know, music is just to make us feel one way or the other. One hundred percent, and it's also just my kind of um, paying tribute to our love in country music of just the sad pulling up to the bar, drowning your sorrows kind of feeling. Like I grew up on so many of those songs, and I wasn't in that position when I was thirteen years old. But I was like, oh yes, I feel it. My heart is breaking. Like I love just kind of owning that, and it's just what our you know what our genre kind of um, embraces. When I hear that, when I heard it the first time, I was like, man, four years ago, I'd be like, this is my favorite song. Because I, I just liked those songs that made me feel that way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, I'd just rather do that. I'm sad anyway. Yeah, I'm not, love that. I'm not that anymore, oddly, for, for the first time ever. That there are a lot of factors. Mostly it's meeting my wife. But that's such a strong song that it reminded me of how I used to feel. And that's a really good thing. I, mean, oh, I, like, yeah. I like that. I like, you know, you have a lot of songs that actually um, make me feel or remember that I used to feel things. That's very cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, like, telling someone how to feel and also letting them kind of find their way to that feeling. Like, there's a juxtaposition that has to happen between, like, the lyrics and the melody and the production, you know? And I think Better is almost like this, like, classic, has, like, a saloon-esque kind of, like, you know, raise your glass kind of feeling. I want to play a little bit of the last track, and I want to ask kind of the... Similar question that I did with the first track, and again, such a, I, this question would have been awesome for the seventies. I mean, it really would have been the question. But I still am kind of into the idea of why things are put in certain places, even set lists. Like I'm still fascinated and love to get into the mind of people who put set lists together. And I do mine for different reasons. If I'm telling jokes or we're doing funny songs or we're doing, um, but like a real artist as yourself, uh, I'm gonna play Honeymoon. And I'm gonna come to you for that. So here's tr- the last track on the record, Honeymoon. Ain't the honeymoon sweet with you I know nothing lasts forever So I'll hold on to The light on your skin When it all felt so new The sky turning pink into blue I'll always remember you In the glow of the honey this is you at your best. Oh, Just a piano. You can you can hear the uh, perfections and imperfections of your voice because it is it's so close. 
I mean, it, it's just that's that's just you at your best, in my opinion. Thank you. Um, when yeah. it comes to musically, uh, so I'm gonna to give you my idea of what I feel at the end of this song. I know what the song's about, but why I think it's here, and you tell me the real reason. Okay. Um, so when I hear this song, I don't hear an ending to the record. I hear an ending much like uh, Castaway ends with Tom Hanks, and he's at the like the four way or the road, and he's like, "All right, here it goes," and then you don't know, right? It's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's the end, but it's the beginning. Oh God, yeah. That's very well said. It is the end in the beginning. So when I hear this, don't, don't tell me I'm right or wrong yet. I'm just telling, because well, I, I'll it's just, yeah. Okay. I hear this song <laughs> and I hear, and it's like, well, that's the end of the record and that's the end of this. But some records end. And I feel like this record, this, this ends. Where did we go next? Mm -hmm. That That's what I feel here. Yeah. So you tell me, first of all, love the song. Thank you. Just like I said, it's you at your best. Why'd you put a track, the last track of the record? It's, um, you know, I've always sort of romanticized the like end of the show, curtain call kind of feeling on a record. And um, this song was written about my husband, which is a lot of the record is the theme of falling in love and really saying, are we going to do this forever? And then I had a baby during the process of making this album and I cut this vocal while holding Rockwell. He was sleeping. And then I think you can actually hear him wake up at one point because it's like a full one-take thing. Um, and I realized that that was the beginning. That was also singing about the beginning of someone's life starting and wanting to hold on to these precious moments of the beginning of him being my baby. And he won't be that way forever. And um, But there's also, you know, a big question mark for me. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to make next. Because I do not... Human or music? <laughs> music. Okay, I'm mean, really talking about a baby. Got it, got it, got it. No, but um, kind of like you said, like, where do we go from here? You know, this record was 12 years in the making. No, longer, because it was the record I've always wanted to make. And so knowing that it's out and it's done, there is sort of this like, whoa, okay, that took a really long time. And it means way more than I ever thought it could mean. And now there's like this sort of, uh, this weird gray area where I'm like okay where do I go next you know and I'm already thinking about the songs that will shape the next record um I don't know if that answers your question it does but, I, I yeah. feel like I've once in my life somewhat it hit me the same way that you were trying to send it out yeah in music you know it's allowed to hit us in a hundred different ways it doesn't matter exactly what you meant we all accept and interpret it different ways that's the point of it mm -hmm. you know I don't think you can speak for yourself here but I don't think uh all, every artist puts out a message and demands it be interpreted exactly as they said it. I think yeah. people are allowed to take and accept and um, understand their own, yeah. you know, with music. And with, at the end of this record, I was like, well, that's the end of the record. But I just feel like, it, to me, it was Tom Hanks at the end of uh, Castaway. And he's like, like yeah, it's, in, it's in the movie, but it's the whole beginning for him. Totally. So it's the end of the beginning at the same time. It's weird to feel like 12 years in, like the debut album, there's so much life in it. And also, yeah, it's... It's a heavy beginning in a way, you know? It's like, wow, here, I'm going to dump this all out. <laughs> I had to get it all out. And now it's like, okay, let's uh, find a new island. I don't know, you know? It's hypothetically, you know. Yeah, well, you, I didn't know that you were holding uh, your Rocky, son yeah. whenever you were singing that. Yeah. That makes sense to me because, you know, as I listened to the song and possibly my favorite song on the record, uh, I did say before you told me that I, like, I could hear, again, your vocal perfections and imperfections which is just you singing it all the way through yeah 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. And hoping that he doesn't, like, start crying. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do that quite a few times, actually. So that that song, just lovely. I do want to play a bit of Magic, which I guess I've... Why do I know... Has this song been out the longest? Why do I know this song so well? Well, it was... Yeah, it was the first one we put out. Got it. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. And okay. I wrote it, like, five, six years ago. Here is uh, Magic from Jillian. Why is it magic? Just nostalgic. Social media, yeah, I saw you post, and I, I, I knew where it was going, um, and it was like, it was great thematically, but you were posting iconic to uh, couples maybe at first? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, was it just it was couples, right? Not sing, sing, singular people, just couples. No, yeah, that was for, yeah, for iconic. Yeah. yeah, and so I knew, it was some, I knew it was building toward that, but I thought it was really cool. Thanks. And I didn't know if it was going to be iconic or I didn't know. Yeah. But so I mean, I'm going to play this and we'll talk about that, but here is um, Iconic. Well, if we both got what we want What if we bet our whole lives on What if we never broke our promise We could be iconic Iconic now I'm going to go a little backward here, but so that's, that's 10 Honeymoons 11, so we're talking about the last track. Those two, to me, more than any other couple of songs, felt like they were brother and sister songs. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I think thematically, you know. Or husband and wife songs. Husband yeah. and wife songs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I felt a little risky putting those songs next to each other, too. I was like, are people going to fall asleep or are they just going to cry? Who knows? Um, yeah, so that song um, I wrote after I got engaged to Brian in Paris um, under the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, there's a lot of this record that I kind of wanted to feel like you're walking through the streets of Paris or some beautiful, like, you know, European city or something. And um, this was one of the first songs that we started playing for people. And it was actually Karen Fairchild. I have to give Karen props. I haven't told anyone this, but when we played her, like, four songs off the record, Iconic was, like, the last one we played because it was really slow and just emotional. We're like, oh, you know, she probably won't, like, want to hear that. And then we're like, well, we'll just play this last one, you know. And after hearing all the other songs, she was like, that's the one. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, that's the song. Like, that's the song that people are going to hear and, like, get it. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And then she was like, and I want to shoot the music video for you in Paris. And I was like, are you going to fly us there? That's so great. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, Iconic is, you know, for me, it's this, uh, I'm diving into that idea of being scared of forever when you come from, divorced parents um you know not knowing what that feels like and feeling like every second the other shoe is going to drop and like someone's going to just leave and you're not going to be able to get through the hard times you know um and it was just kind of my my very vulnerable naive question to brian of like what if we did it you know can we do it i'm scared are you scared too <laughs> and it uh it's a very emotional song for me and i you know convinced him to be in the music video because it's a little voyeuristic, but we played all these this footage from my wedding day, um, and it felt very brave. And I was I was actually really proud of myself because I can be a very private person with my personal life, and it was kind of my way of declaring to the world, like, "Whoa, I got married, and now we got to make it work forever," you know. And you just got married, so you know that feeling, right? 
Yes. I, you're talking about things that, that um, I struggle with as well, meaning, you know, uh, the parents thing. And I always, and listen, I'm in therapy often, where I always feel like everybody's leaving because they always have. Yeah. And so when did your parents get divorced? How old were you? I was 13. Okay. So, I mean, very much a time when you're figuring out who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so very much, and it's going to scar you at any point, yeah. regardless if it's six or uh, 22. Totally. But I think the scars are, are different length and depth depending on when. 13 is a pretty rough time, I think, to have to have yeah. parents that split up. Yeah. Um, your relationship with both parents, was it good? Was there a, At the time, was there a villain? My mom was the villain. And she has since not, you know, nobody's yeah. the villain anymore because marriage is hard. Yeah, because you know you. I know them both, and you know the world. You know you know things now know. better than you did when you were thirteen. Oh you yeah. yeah, I have grace for things I couldn't have when I was thirteen, right. and that's you know that's on me. It's um, I I definitely villainized my mom. Sorry, mom, I'm apologizing publicly to you now because I was a bratty little thirteen year old that was like, why, why, you know, and you're you're too you're too cognitive, you're too aware. And you're kind of like, well, what can I do to fix this between you guys? I literally remember sitting them down and I was like, okay, I, I know things are getting hard. Like, is it me? Like, what can I do to fix it? And that was like, they, they've told me since then. That was kind of the first in, instinct or indication to them that I was very empathic because I got, and maybe egoic. <laughs> I was like, it's my fault. It's all about me. But, you know, I think as a kid, you're like, I got to fix this. Um, and I couldn't. I couldn't fix it. And two people that I thought were so in love and had this perfect marriage uh, chose to leave each other. And so there was this brokenness when it came to commitment for me. And and Brian knew that and, you know, it's very understanding to that. Yeah, my wife deals with that with me that, you know, my, you know, mom had a uh, pregnant at 15 and, you know, my dad was 17. I don't, he's not my dad, I don't call him my dad. Uh, but, you know, they were together for four or five years or so before he left. Mm. And it was just anybody that came in and out always went out ever. Yeah. So even my mom, you know, I wow. you know she when she died in her forties. So I just never expected, or and I'd given up on hoping that anybody would stay ever. Yeah. And it takes a really specific, compassionate, special person to know that about you, and also to somehow instill trust. Like I'm going to be here. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. 
this is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. And it's tough, and it's it's me. She's awesome, and she comes from two parents that still are together and love each other. And she had that example. She had a she had a model. Yeah. And I don't, and I just expect everybody's gonna always leave. I'll st- you know, and still. that's what we do. That's inside. Even when my mind says, "Okay, look at this logically," she ain't leaving. Yeah, yeah. Well, that goes into your um, defense mechanisms and your 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 panic mode. You know, the fight or flight. You know, that's like obviously your therapist probably talks to you about that. Mine has definitely talked to me about it. Where, you know, you have your go to, and you learned it very young um, how to s- survive and how to take care of yourself. And trust me. There is that escape pod in the back of my mind where it's like, okay, so in case this happens, so oh, you're yeah. going to do what you're going to do For is you're sure. going to run down these stairs. Like, it's real. And my wife's always like, hey, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And she's like, every time we disagree, that doesn't mean this is some huge blow up. We're never going to talk again. Because she knows I go A to Z immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you the lean in person or are you the retreat? Like, when, when things oh, go. completely. I, I, I have isolated my whole life. Okay. And that's been a struggle for her to deal with because she's very much talk it out. Yeah. Let's spend time. Let's sit down. Let's figure out what the root is. Yeah. And I just want to go and be alone and figure it out myself because I've spent my whole life being alone and figuring out things myself. Yeah. And if, you feel like that person's not going to be able to hold space or understand what you're... And she can't because she hasn't... Yeah. And I can't understand her. Yeah. But we're learning to actually understand our process better and that we don't understand yeah. the early building blocks yeah. of each other because I don't know what it's like to have two loving parents. Now, that being said, there are different dynamics with that too mm-hmm. that I don't understand, good and bad. So when you say this stuff, I'm like, yeah, you might as well just play guitar behind it and sing this to me because this is a song I, <laughs> yeah. that I relate to. Totally. It's like, what is your what are your defaults? Sorry, I keep kicking my... Yeah, I mean, I think Brian also came from very, very happy, you know, a wonderful home and his parents are still together and it's just his default is like oh we're gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine and that's not mine it's it's, you talk it's exactly the same yeah yeah exactly the same and i know it's not my default uh but yes i mean it's it's, it's just the same but i I gotta have a problem with brian 
to come from a loving family, he wears too much black. You can't wear that much black and come from that much love. Well, you know? yeah. We got to stop that. <laughs> yeah, stop being sad, Brian. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally. They called him. I mean, he, so Brian is sort of the anomaly of his family. I mean, you know Topher well enough, you know, my producer. And uh, Brian is, I, I joke and say he's a vampire because he probably would stay in his studio in the dark all day, every day. That's his happy place. He's a very, he's a very, you know, self-sustaining um independent person and that's what i love about him you know and i'm that way too but also in in relationships i'm much more the i don't know if you call it um anxious attachment (laughs) where you know if there's something going on i will be like wait wait what's going on let's fix it you know Um, are you a fixer too Oh, I'm a fixer. I'm trying to, I try to fix all the time. Yeah. I'm learning that yeah. I, I don't have to try to fix, and sometimes it's not to be fixed. Yes. And that's hard it's for me. It's really hard. It's really hard for I me. Because I can't physically, it almost makes me sick when things are off. Like, I feel it internally. It makes me uh, uncomfortable to not try to fix something that isn't whole or right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just supposed to sit in it. Ugh. It's, that's so hard. I hate it. And, yeah. you know, my extremely balanced wife is like, hey, sometimes... Just sit here with me. You have to fix it. Yeah. Wow. And that's the hardest thing. Your skin's like crawling. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to fix it right now because <laughs> yeah. if you're feeling this is not good for you, it's not good for me. So I'm going to go fix it. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't need that. You're I the just, knight in shining armor. I just need you to be here with me right now. Yeah. And do you guys do couples therapy? No. Yes. In what, yes. But not as frequent as we should. We spend a lot of time um, in therapy apart. Yeah. And we have... But not every week, I guess yeah. is my answer. I, I hate to commit and say, yes, we do when we, we aren't consistent with it. But yeah. it is very important to us to go to therapy and try to figure each other out and then work on ourselves together. I think that's so smart. We're, we just started doing it together. Yeah. We should probably go every week just for maintenance. Yeah, so everyone never, should. So it never gets to a point where you feel like, we got to go to therapy. Yes. Um, but we we work on ourselves and and together enough that... Um, as long as we're going, uh, my th- individual therapy though is, is so important to me. Well, ah, yeah, yeah, Same. it is. If I don't go, I spiral quick. <laughs> I'm, I spiral quick. It's crazy. Well, especially coming from your background, you need that objective, just listening ear. You know. Uh, yeah, objectivity yeah. is the mo- the thing I didn't understand that I would value the most. Yeah. I never thought I would want somebody to have any influence that actually didn't care. But and what I mean by don't care is yeah. it doesn't affect their day the rest of the day. Right, yeah. I, but I need that because I need somebody who doesn't affect their day the rest of the day 100%. to actually give me their objective opinion about stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even with art, right? I think to have that. Oh, God, no, I hate that. Well, tell me it's great and just let it, me go. No, it, <laughs> I don't it, want you to tell me the truth. Okay, I like that. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. But it is what I feel for me is most needed at times, even though I hate it the most. Who? So who in your life oh, do you man. get professional feedback from? I'm going to tell you, I you, used to be nobody. I, wouldn't, okay. I just wouldn't accept it because I thought, because I don't have any men, mentors in, in any business. Yeah. I just always felt like nobody understands it. I'm doing it differently, not because I'm like, I have this great idea to do it differently, because I didn't have a skill set to do it like anybody else. So I figured out how to do it in ways that nobody else did. Yeah. Not, that's really I was cool. so advanced, but, oh, I can't do it that way. So how am I going to figure out how to get there? Yeah through digging under the dirt instead of climbing the ladder. You know, it's, there was no blueprint already there for you. Yeah. And if it was, I wasn't good enough to use. I don't I didn't have the skill set to actually use a blueprint. So yeah. I, so that being said, I never trusted anybody to tell me what was good or not. Um and I struggle even today and in my last book, I guess on my last book, I put out a kids book. 
Um, I, I just I should, bought it. Oh, you did? I was going to give yeah, you one. Yeah, I sent you a picture. I know I was going to give you one. Of Rockwell um, reading it. With, uh, with, with an autograph, but who cares? Oh, right? no, I want okay. an autograph. Um, so my last book, Fail Until You Don't, I wrote a thing about you, it's hard to trust people that say that you're wonderful if they also haven't in the past been accurate when they told you you're not. <laughs> yeah. Because it's easy for someone to go, it's amazing, and for you to believe it if you're not. It's, it's easy because you just want to believe it. You're like, please give it to me, give it to me. Yeah. doesn't matter. But if you have that trust with someone who's come to you and it's been very uncomfortable and they've said, I don't think this is the best or I don't think that – that sucks. And that, yeah. that instant, you may not be better from it, but you can actually trust them when they say the opposite. Yeah, I know. And that's important. I'm still working around the shame feeling that I get when I hear something I, I that's like, you're it. not great. I live it. Yeah. So how do you, because I'm still really wrestling with that, even with my manager who I respect and I want her to tell me the truth. You know, Melanie, she, uh, if she's ever like, you know, you, and I'm like, what? Okay. What do you mean? Like what, you know, I can't handle it. And I'm like, that's not okay either. But it's okay not to be able to handle it. I, I don't handle it. Well, but I don't it speaks it to what is happening in somewhere deeper where it's like, I'm believing that. You, you you have to have this reserve of confidence, you know, that... And you, but you do, you have a different reserve of confidence. Now, here's what I want to say to that, because I, I think we have a lot of similar struggles. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not confident in a lot of things um, that you would think I would be. Yeah. So you, you fooled me. Yeah. Right, that's the plan, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... Um, and I am very, I'm a, I create and I make jokes like, oh, I'm not an artist, but I do create a lot of things and I'm very sensitive. I think if you're, you're creating, you want to put things out that people enjoy, consume, live, buy, love. Uh, and when they don't, it hurts, mm-hmm. even if you don't let it be known that it hurts. Um, and so I struggle whenever I don't hear what I like. Yeah. But what I've learned is that it never is going to feel better, but I've learned through experience of having it happen so many times that it usually ends up better for me. Hmm. In a, in, it's like an investment. I, I, I treat it like a, if I'm investing in something, putting money in something. It sucks. I got to pay money and maybe it, I make more later or not. Um, but it's usually a good investment comes back to you later and you're like, well, I'm so glad I did that. It hurt for a second, but I'm glad I did it. So when that person who you trust tells you that, do you have a hard time Staying close to that person. I get so offended. Yeah. And, and I, I recoil almost. Yeah. And I want to lash back out. <laughs> for no, Not even depending yeah. on what they said. They could be absolutely accurate and they could be saying complete truths. But I'm so defensive yeah. and scared that they're right. Yes. That all I want to do is be like, I'm still worthy. Oh, God. Yeah. I feel that. So I actually isolate. Like I, I in some part of me, hate that person. <laughs> I'm like, I got to hate you now because you don't think that I am everything that I'm supposed to be telling you that I am. It's terrifying. Like, oh God, they're seeing something that I'm not supposed to be letting them see. Yeah. And you, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't have somebody for a long, long time that I really would trust with that. Um, my harshest critic and on the flip side of that, harshest critic maybe isn't the term, but for this to make it easy, who will come at me the quickest and say, mm-mm, I ain't good. And we'll also say, but I know when they say, mm-hmm, that is good, that they're absolutely telling the truth, is my wife. Wow. She's so funny. She will fix jokes for me. I'll, I'll sure go out and watch me do a set at the Opry or I just did a couple. And she's like, all right. And I used to get so mad. I'm like, what do you know? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't mad because she wasn't good. She was actually, she was right. Yeah. And I was so offended that she was right. 
I would, I would get mad. Yeah. And she would go, you know, instead of that joke when you're talking about this dream, what if you said it and you kind of walked them over here and then you flipped it and ended the joke like this? You're saying exactly the thing, but it's like a few different words and you're getting... And the first time she did that, I was leaving the opera, and I felt like I just crushed. I did like uh, 13 minutes. Yeah. And some new material, and that's an older audience, and I don't really expect to crush at the opera ever yeah. because of the crowd. Yeah. But I just let them have it. And I was feeling great. And I was driving back, and I was, I was like, man, it was really great. And she was like, it was great. And she goes, now, do you want it to be better? Oh, man. And I was man. like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, what do you mean do I want that it to be better? That would really get me. Oh, yeah. And I said, I, yes, I didn't. I didn't want to say yes, but I felt like I had to say yes. Yeah. And she said that she tells me how to fix this joke. And I was very offended. Yeah. You know what? You know, yeah. I tell the joke now the way she told me then. I love it. But you were you were coming off the high of the show, you know, and that takes a lot to go out there and tell your jokes. And you were feeling that. And then in some ways you were probably like, oh, God, why now? Come on, let me just ha have my moment. I'm glad she did it then and she knew it too because I was still in it. Yeah. I, she needed me to be in yeah. it so I could actually reflect on why what happened could have happened a little better because I was just in it. I love that. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And I get so upset. Now, the growth in me, and it's not always the case, but um, I've put together this show. It's it, it was an hour and a half the last time we did it. I did two shows this past weekend. And I've built this entire show with little silent films in it, and it's, it's comedy and motivation. And it's mm. this show. It's very vulnerable. It's quite funny. Mm. Um, I've not seen a show like this before. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tackle this thing. I, I spent three or four months not only writing the jokes and creating the stories, but co conceptualizing the videos that run on the screens. I paid extra for all these screens to go up in the theater. Wow. And I said to like my management team, I said, hey, I need to do not one night at the Ryman and sell 2,500 tickets. I need to do two nights or three nights for like 1,000 because I need to do it a few times, a couple times to yeah. make sure that um, I'm doing it right because I, I have to go out and, and – Works workshop stuff with real people. Yeah, I can't practice guitar and then have it. I have to go and get reaction. Really? Oh, it's a joke. It's a story. Wow. I can think something's funny. You know how many times I think something's hilarious and I go out and nobody laughs or even thinks that's a joke? And I'm like, oh, oh God. That yeah. It wasn't yeah. a joke at all, okay. was it? Okay. Yeah. So I do these shows and this is where I just, it's funny we bring this up as I finish show one and is is good. For, for a show one and this whole new idea that I had is Slightly clunky, but I thought it was really good. I give it a B minus, and I, you know, I went to her and I was like, "Hey, what's uh, what are your thoughts?" And she was like, "It's really good." She was like, "It, it ma that show mattered." Wow. And she was like, "I think it's the first thing that you've done where people that have no idea who you are, if they happen to see, oh, let's just go to this this show that's in this theater, they walked in, they'd be like, I love that.' Oh wow. Because like, you have your people and the people that you talk to and the kind of she goes, but I think this is the first thing that I've seen you do that is just like straight up." Somebody could just stumble out on Netflix and like that's – and so but she's telling me this and I'm like, wow, she never says this. Yeah. Not in a never in a bad way but I believe it so much. Yeah. And then she's I was like, well, what can I do? How can I rearrange? And then we sat and we rearranged stuff and I just loved that mm -hmm. and trusted that because of the uncomfortableness yeah. that we had when I wasn't comfortable enough to take it. Yeah. So I do have that. Yeah. I'm really proud of you guys. I'm well, still working on that with my husband. I, I don't think you'll ever figure it out, or will I ever? Yeah. But what's that like for you with folks? Well, Creatively. he is that person okay. for me, too. So so he is a lot like Caitlin, where he's very honest, brutally, 
brutally honest. Like even the other day, he was like, sometimes I feel like you post photos of yourself that don't really show how beautiful you are. And I was like, which one? Oh, that's a compliment and an insult at the same time. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, wait, well, uh, can you show me on my Instagram? He's like, I don't know. You're just like so beautiful. And sometimes you post a photo and he said, it makes me wonder what you think about yourself. And I was like, okay, let's just unpack this. But when it comes to like shows, if he's like backstage and he's like, wow, that was really good. I'm like, okay, that was really good. You know, or if he's like, yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, like I just know immediately and thank God, but I'm still not comfortable. I'm not where you are where I'm like, hey babe, will you tell me like what I could do better? Like that is where I need to really work because right now it just makes me feel like failure, failure, failure. You know, you're not perfect. And we got, you know, that's a huge issue for me. And you, me too. Yeah. And you will absolutely get there, especially if you respect the person who's telling you what they're telling you, why they're telling you it. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate people to be like, I don't know, I don't this what I hate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes me feel like I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Period. I'm not good enough. I already think I'm not good enough. All you're doing is validating the fact that I already think I'm not good enough. Totally. That's what it is. That's honestly yes, if thank you get you. down to it. I don't think I'm good enough. I'm hoping I'm fooling everybody. You're reminding me uh, that I'm yeah, I'm right. I'm not good enough. So I, I just have to ask because you've you've been so successful and you it seems like we connect a lot on that inner monologue that's happening. You know that we grew up sort of believing this. If I prove myself that I'm worthy, then I'll be good enough. Then the world will love me. Then I'll be successful. So despite those, you know, do you feel like a lot of the people you meet at your level at your level of success? just have this inner confidence and you're like whoa like why don't i have that or is it kind of like everybody has that thing uh, a little bit of the second one I, I think everybody has a little bit of imposter syndrome everybody okay i do i think but yeah. i think some people though have an absolute skill that has allowed them to develop a confidence that's unquestionable because their skill is so good yeah and i right. don't have an undeniable skill that I can present to someone and be like, well, regardless of how the whole world feels, I'm not Mariah Carey with a voice like that who's, she can be the biggest diva in the world and everybody hates her. She's still freaking got a voice. Maybe mm. now she's older, but, you know, um, so hmm. I have imposter syndrome because I don't feel that I have a skill I can present and go, regardless, I still got this. Oh, I don't have that. Okay, I feel like you do have that. But I don't. Name I, it. Name I, it. I, I mean, I think you're... Exactly. You can't name it. No, no, no. Can I say it? I was uh, I already feeling comfortable. Wow, really? No. Okay, do you know like why like David Letterman is like you are that? Like that's a skill. Like not, an interviewer he's... being able to actually like have a conversation with people that the public wants to listen to, that's an actual gift. But it's not. It's a Bobby, skill it is. that I've it de- is a gift. It's a skill that I have developed and that I didn't do well for a long time and I couldn't do it like the greats did it, so I had to figure out a way you don't think that it's a skill to be so interesting to people that they just want to hear you talk? I think that at this point, I've been through a lot of crap and I can, my superpower, here you go, let's get down to it. My superpower is empathy. And yes. that I don't feel sorry for you. I, in many ways, understand where you're coming from. So I don't have to shy away from it. Yeah. And I can go, well, because I relate to you, when did your parents get divorced? I don't have to. Yeah. And so, and then you, yeah. and then you don't go. Oh, this is weird. This is not really your business to get any deeper in that. Mm-hmm. But, but you go. Well, he understands it, so I can talk with him. Yeah. about it. That's a, that is it. You but just that's said not it. a skill. That's me I, that is a skill. That's, <laughs> I will argue that is a skill. Well, that's a skill I wish I didn't have. No, um, it's an incredible skill. There's so many people that I've sat in this same position with, and I feel guarded and uncomfortable, and I want to leave the room, and I don't want to tell them anything about myself. 
Fair. I will say that's not a skill I've developed. Um, I, uh, it's not a talent I've developed a skill. I also get offended when people tell me I'm talented. Really? Very, very offended, yeah. Why? Because I've had to work for it all, and I don't feel like I have a natural talent. Okay. And so when people go, you're so talented, I'm like, you have no idea what, what, what the hours I put into this crap. Okay. It's, it's dumb, oh. and I shouldn't. And, huh. that, and, and I was talking to uh, Breland. He was like, yeah, you're basing that off intention. You, you need to base it off intention. Uh, they're being nice to you. They are. And, yeah, that's, and, and they're not saying that you didn't work hard for what you have. Yeah. And so I struggle with that. I could see that. And I could see he also probably understands that very well more than anyone. Because um, you've had to work tenfold because of where you came from and what you're trying to do. Sometimes I think you're such an anomaly to me because there doesn't seem to be a limit to what you're capable of, which is a lot of people have that one thing that they're really good at. And it seems to me like... I've said this to Brian. I'm like, he will become like a governor. I mean, he probably could be president. Like, I actually think that there's nothing that you can't do. It's funny that that's what you think because in a weird way, it's the opposite for me. It's where I feel like I have to try everything. I have to, like, I have to go at everything because I really don't have one thing I can rely on. So (laughs) this is just, that's the truth. I feel like I need to try 94 things and try it all because I have nothing that I can Is it like panic diversity? You're like, I'll diversify myself. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe not panic, but fear diversity. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. See, but mine it, is the opposite where I only think I can do this one thing really well, and I still question if I can do it well at all, so I just do it constantly to the point where I don't do anything else. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, 
That's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. When you finish the record, yeah. you finish whenever it, you heard all the tracks fully mixed, everything done. We're, okay, we're sealing it up. Turn the key. When you listen back to all of it, what song were you most proud of? And it could be one we've talked about already, meaning the message, sonically. Mm-hmm. You're like, we really captured whatever that is. We really captured that. Mm-hmm. What was that track? Honeymoon was definitely that for me. I was very proud of that. Um, just because bare bones, you know, like just a piano and a vocal. I've never really done that. And it felt very brave. Um, and then hun- Hummingbird. Hummingbird was like, that's a song that I listen to as if it's not mine. You can do that, huh? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I, I listen to it all the time. Sorry, this is so weird to say, but I've never done that. And I actually am like, I want to listen to Hummingbird right now. Um, somehow writing that song was very fast. I wrote it with Daniel Tashin and Andrew DeRoberts, and it was such a quick session. And I kind of feel like Daniel has this jarring sort of un, um, disarming way of kind of being like, you want to be vulnerable, and then you are, and you're like, oh, God, wait, ooh, okay, is that okay? And so we wrote it, and then when I listened to it later, I was like, oh, wow, this is about my parents and me and my fear and running from everything because I'm so afraid that I'm not enough. Okay, well, and now I listen to it and I'm like, it feels like I'm listening to another girl. I don't know. Mm. It just feels powerful. Here is Hummingbird. I'm more like a hummingbird with a restless heartbeat Every time I get where I'm going Songbird in a tree, so simple and so sweet. Wouldn't that be easy? Find a place to rest, be done with discontent. Sometimes I wish I It's weird to to look at something that you've done and be able to appreciate it as something that you just appreciate it as something that's not normal like other things you've done. Mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah. uh, occasionally I'll have that. I don't know if you've heard the song Hobby Lobby Bobby, but it's pretty fantastic. I, I yeah. have heard it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it's uh, every great once in a while I'll be like, dang, I, I'm quite proud of that. And it's rare, but yeah. it, it's even more valuable. And it sounds like that's the case here with Hummingbird for you. It is, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a new concept for me to sort of open up about being fearful and anxious um, owning that, you know, instead of being like, oh, no, I'm easy breezy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Everything's great. You know, it was a little bit uncomfortable for me. Um, I can't even, I, I'm like not even looking at you as I'm saying it because it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, I'm anxious. I'm an anxious person. Like I, you know, I make sure that I take things that make me less anxious. Like that was a whole thing for me in life was accepting that I have anxiety. It's fun. It, um, I, we're, we're on something we were talking about earlier without realizing it where, you know, you were like, I don't know that I can do that yet is to just take it from somebody and go, you know, this is why I didn't think it was as good as maybe you did or this is what you can do better. You know, 10 minutes ago in that conversation, uh, you've done the thing in other parts of your life to grow in areas. You just talked about it there. It's just uh, doing it mm. and saying, please do it to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. It sucks. Okay. Because it's exposure therapy. And it sucks. And, yeah. And I just say it one more time. It sucks. It sucks. It, it's never easy. But you actually get so much better at it after it's done. And you realize every time that someone, let's just use Brian, for example. Ah, you know, he did you write a song. I'm going to create a scenario here, so just allow me to do so. Yeah. You could write a song and listen to it. And he goes, um, it's fine. I, you know, you... I don't really understand why you said this, or I don't know that the melody here kind of matches, and you're probably pierced because yeah. you felt like you did a good job. Yeah. Um, but the more times that you actually are open and invite it to happen, the easier, easier is not a good word, the quicker you can learn from it and be better yeah. and actually help other people at the same time yeah. in the same way. So we, I was thinking about because you asked me, like, how did you do it? Just exposure. Mm. I think you're you're on to exactly what makes like great songwriters great. Like they don't take it personally. They ask for the feedback. Like I feel like Shane and Lauren well, I take McKenna. it very personally though. I mean, yeah, yeah, well you do, but and I would too, but I think that people that are able to separate that, you know, their work from who they are, which I can't do. I don't know how to do that. But it would make it a lot easier. Just rip the band aid off. It doesn't have to be songwriting. It could be, you know, anything you're talking about creatively where you're like, yeah, you know, how do I how do you hear from somebody you care about that you suck? Yeah, see I'm afraid I, I you're right. I just need to keep doing it and just make it easier because right now it feels like if I actually opened that door I would spiral so far and quit music. <laughs> you and you will spiral. And you may quit music like, for oh a, and you may quit music for a second. Oh. And then it may happen again. You may spiral a little less and quit mm. music for a less time. And then eventually you just go, oh, this sucks. Yeah. But I actually get to grow. This is the this is my growing pill. Yeah. And oh it, yeah. And it sucks to and it hurts to grow. Growing hurts for anything. If you're 12 and you're growing as a human being, you're at that age where you're growing, or if you're having to grow because something happens in your personal life, somebody dies. There's all these gr- growth never feels good. No. Ever. Yeah. It does afterward once you're taller. Yeah. Or you're smarter. Are you it, able to kind of gauge like in life when you're in? Um, are you feel? Do you feel like you're constantly growing and craving growth experiences? I don't. No, no, I don't want it. Okay, because I feel stagnant sometimes. Yeah, I don't yeah, want it. I don't I want it. it. I don't yeah. like it. it. Hurts. Sucks. Yeah. I want it to be so perfect. There's no need for growth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to understand and realize that's not the case. And there are some times where I don't have the ability. I don't have even the capacity to take growth right now because I'm at, I'm in a not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where I just can't emotionally take growth. So yeah. we're just good. Yeah. But not not often. Mm-hmm. But but when it's that, I know that. I know it's, um, you know, I will write something and you know I have a management team and one of them be like, you know, I don't know about that. And I'm like, I don't, have, I can't right now. I'm gonna come back to this and I'm gonna take this in. I'm, but right now I'm just not in a good place with like three things. Yeah. So I'm gonna hold you back, but I'm gonna take it in a little bit. Well, and that's good that you know that about yourself. You know, that's... I root for that for you because oh, I because I you. know it because I was there. Yeah. That's why I guess that's why I'm rooting for me. I guess by yeah. rooting for you in that situation, um, you just. Listen, I just, I just think you're, the, the, just the greatest. Oh, I do. Thanks. Just great. As, an, as a, just in all the ways. As an artist, obviously, I love like your voice and your sound and your songwriting, and you know, you're not so bad as a person. Your husband's okay too. <laughs> this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I should because oh, you're the kind of person that would make. I want to leave. Me, me too. <laughs> but you should know that. Like, I have the most respect for you. Thank it's, you. As a person and as an artist, I really appreciate that. I'm a ma- and I'm a massive fan. At the same time. All right, you got to stop now. Thanks. So <laughs> it's like I would pay money to watch you do a show. Wow. And all right. So it's all those things. And because of that, I hope people go and they check out Honestly. And it's just a great, I'll say it, it's a great album. We need more full-length albums. 
That's it. We come all the way around to this, Mike. <laughs> okay. She has convinced me over I changed an hour. your mind yes. with, with oh. the 11 songs oh. that I dumped on the world oh, way too right. soon. <laughs> Not too soon. Maybe a, maybe a, a, tr- a few more trickles in yeah. between. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. There is another song coming. Um, it's actually a re, reinvention of an older song with one of my favorite bands coming out. And, uh, and you know, I, I waited too long to put this record out. And now I'm, I'm on the train of, like, not stopping. So we'll just kind of keep it going. And so I will be doing what you're saying. I'll just be putting out songs. Well, not for a while. I'm not going to catch up and listen to these enough. See, I'm just in a bad well, cycle you know, a few now. months. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm in a bad, yeah. bad cycle here. Just only listen to my album for the next, like, month maybe, you That's, know? It's, it's tough. That's tough to do, but it is great, <laughs> and it is up there in the ones that I will listen. I've got about four now, hmm. but I'm like, what mood am I in? Yep. And this is definitely one of them, um, and we only have a couple minutes left. We've already done over an hour, which is so easy to do with you, which, by the way, it's, it's been awesome. I hope yeah. it's been fun for you. It's so fun. Um, uh, album, music right now that you're really into for whatever chapter of your life now. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, I only kind of listen to a few at a time, and I kind of just like, Play them over and over again. Um, my goat, I love Madison Cunningham. Do you know Madison Cunningham? You're going to say all these artists that I don't know because okay. they're way cooler than me. Oh. So I don't, but you can just keep talking about I'm it. I'm really drawn to female artists that can play really well and have something to say. So Madison Cunningham. Me too. Hey, same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Maddie Diaz is another one that I put on all the time. She's a friend of mine and she's incredible. Um, you know, ah. Uh, it's tough. I go to a lot of older things, you know. I listen to a lot of like Simon and Garfunkel, like greatest hits. I, I'm not really up on like what's super hip and new right now. Um, well, some would say it's super hip and new to say Simon and Garfunkel. I'm just saying. Really? Oh, I don't know about that. I was listening uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, diamonds on so I'm a big Paul Simon Paul fan. Simon. Yeah. Just love. Uh, yeah. But that's super hip. You're wearing a Judd's T-shirt, and you're like, that's oh, old. Yeah. But you, yeah. you're hip. I don't think I am. No, I think I'm actually the opposite of hip, which and that's maybe, hip. maybe. <laughs> that's it, right? I don't know. Who knows? But um, yeah. Uh, do you go to any shows? Do you get, is that, I know you have a baby, but let's, let's say. You, will it, will, I like small shows. Okay. I don't like going to big shows. Like I don't really cr- crave going to the arena. Um, I did go to see John Mayer at the arena and it was great. I, I loved that because I love John Mayer. But um, my, my dream is like going to see a singer-songwriter that I really love, like, at the basement and, like, just dealing with, like, 100 people and that's fun for me, yeah. But, yeah, I do go to shows. That's cool. Yeah. I really like the person. That's a hip thing to say. I like that. It's hip. Yeah, well. So hip. So cool. I really do like feeling a lot. I like to stare in someone's window and watch them sing alone. I'm so Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't get to go to a lot of shows anymore because... Not home a lot, traveling a lot. Um, so when I do, it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. We went. We're going Saturday to watch Ben Rector. Oh, that's who great. I love Ben. He's a friend now. Yeah. Um, and his record now is like a chapter of Caitlin and I's life. We oh, listen to it all so the cool. time. So all those songs remind us of this this time period for us. Um, Brett's last album that just came out. Brett Elder's last mm-hmm. album was really good because it's like. Uh, Singer-songwriter, Brett? Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff mm-hmm. that he does. I mean, I toured with him when he what, hadn't done that yet, and then this album came out. And, I mean, he just has such a fantastic voice. And, um, yeah, I think he's diving in really deep now. Me and too. I love and, I like, that. and kind of uh, without fear, even though it could, I won't say be disastrous because he's got a great career, 
but he's risking a bit because he, he could easily put out three minute, yeah, tempo bangers. But he's like, I don't want to. I want to talk like, about growth, though. Yeah, That's exciting sure. to me. I'm, I feel like I'm watching someone grow in real time, and it's really exciting. Um, Gavin DeGraw's latest record is really good. Really? It's it's really good. Okay. Well, I have a dance record for you. I love I'll Gavin DeGraw, li- but I'll never listen to a dance. No, record. but Caitlin will love it. It's Lucius. Do you know Lucius? Mm. I just saw them at the Ryman. They're two two girls, and they are. I mean, I I never do this, but I was like standing dancing the entire time. I'm usually like the curmudgeon, just like sitting down, like yeah, listening, like. You know, so serious, but I was dancing and singing along and laughing, and it was like so much fun. That's They're awesome, incredible that you yeah. could do that because I can't really do that at a show. Mom's night out. It's you know? hard for me to like let loose at a show and dance and have fun. It's, it's just not very my, hard. Not my thing. I know. It's her thing. She loves it. She'll I actually get mad at people when they do it. I'm like, can you stop? Well, I don't and sit do down? that, Scrooge. But, oh no! But. <laughs> there was this guy at John Mayer that was just like just bopping the whole time, and I was like, get out of the way, man! But he was having a great time. Yes, and this is not what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everyone, everyone listening to this. So she's Jillian Jacqueline. Her album is Honestly. We've, uh, we're going to end on playing some Bandwagon, which is the current single. Yeah. And we're going to play it out, and then uh, we're going to go. And I'm glad we get together because um, I got sick, and we didn't, weren't able to do it last time. And yeah. the time before that, I think you just forgot. I was 15 minutes late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, can't, you said, no, don't come. Well, well, <laughs> but I was 10 minutes early this time to make up for it. To be fair, and it's unfair as well, uh, you're accurate. Yeah. And I did say that. I just, I'm on stupid calendar. Oh, I know. I know. And I and actually unf- was so upset in my car. I was like, oh, God. And I saw I saw Mel, uh, your manager Man. at, at the Opry. Yeah. And she was like, Jillian's so sad. Oh, and I, I felt And so I was bad. like, I don't know who that is. I don't know her name. So I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I was terrified in my car. I was like, he's going to hate me. He's going to be so mad. He hates when people are late. I felt so bad. Okay. Here is Bandwagon. Jillian, great to see you. You guys <laughs> follow you. at Jillian Jacqueline. Go hit her up. Uh, when she gets back on the road, go see her. Just listen to the record, stream the crap out of it, and here is Bandwagon. Go ahead and get on, this one is almost gone. Hey, don't you left behind, those 15 minutes fly. Where the last sunset will follow, who's up next? These wheels are kicking up dirt, everyone wants to get up. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.